0: The Links and Locks podcast. 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 Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> Better than most. Winner, winner, ticket <laughs> <or> down! <laughs> Four! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Links and Locks Podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golfbet. He's Len Hochberg from RotoWire. I am at East Lake Golf Club right now, site of this week's season finale. We made it, guys. We did it. We finally got there. It's been a long year. Whew. Need a little break after this. But, yes, at the Tour Championship this week. And, Len, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. And as we start looking at some DFS prices for this week's Tour Championship, we understand, oh, it's going to be like that, 30 players in the field, and uh, the pricing is Uh, Let's just say there's a little disparity between the top and the bottom.
1: Yeah, it it is amazing, and 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 it is the end of the season, Jason, and I and I hope you have got something exciting planned for the long golf off season, the long cold winter, that Mm -hmm. whole week off before we uh, things get started back again. Uh, It's my annual. What are you doing in the golf off season? Joke Uh, has it wasn't funny from the beginning,
0: but that's not going to stop me, right? I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I like it. I feel you. We've had seasons where literally there was two and a half days. I mean, you can count the hours in between uh, from one season to the other one.
1: Yeah. You know, the real off season is, I guess, December and stuff. But uh, I I do look forward to that. It it, it is nice to to get a break. But, yeah, it's crazy. When this debuted, the, the starting strokes format, I believe, is the official official PGA Tour name. Of This uh, staggered start, um, you know, we we start with Scotty Scheffler at 10 under and $13,600. And we go all the way down. Well, if you want to go down to the lowest DraftKings price, that's Tom Hoagie at $5,000. But he's at one under, and I'm probably getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah, there's a whole different sort of strategy this week because everyone is, it's not apples to apples, uh, everyone is starting, or a lot of guys are starting at different places, and uh, it really brings another layer of strategy into things. And I remembered every year that it is pretty interesting because it makes us think a different way, at least for one week out of the year.
0: So give everybody a little primer on this. So we know that there's a staggered start to the scoring this week. The leaderboard will show Scotty Scheffler a top the the board at 10 under the start Patrick Cantley at 8 Will Zalatoris at 7 down to a handful of players who are at even par 10 shots back what does that mean for dfs purposes does does it mean that Scotty Scheffler is just in first place to start or does he essentially have 10 birdies already in the bank before he even starts what what are we looking at on draftkings as we move into this week
1: well, he does have a 10-shot lead over some other guys, uh, the five bottom guys, but he does not get 10 birdies. Uh, okay. the, the scoring for DraftKings is pretty normal from the starting position that these guys are under. We still get whatever it is for birdies, whatever it is for pars, whatever it is for bogeys. The, the scoring is the same. What really could impact things is the bonuses. You get, I believe, 30 points if your guy wins. 20 points for second and so on down the line. And so Scotty Scheffler may not win the tournament with a low 72, but if he wins the tournament in the eyes of the PGA Tour, then he gets that 30 points. It's uh, I mean I hope we're, I'm not confusing the matter here and making it harder for people, but the DraftKings bonus prices is based on the PGA Tour leaderboard. Sure and not the world ranking leaderboard, which goes with the low 72. That's a whole podcast in itself, I think.
0: In a sense, you're almost playing this like it's a Sunday showdown, in which, uh, unlike the other showdown days, the Sunday one considers what place players are in. And so I think it plays sort of similarly like that. So uh, let's just jump in here and get into some of the pricing. We'll start at the top. As you mentioned, Scotty Scheffler at 13.6. And I said we're going to see a, a major disparity this week. Patrick Cantley next at 13,000. Xander Shoffley at 12.3. Will Zalatoris at 11.5. John Rahm at 10.9. Rory at 10.8. Cam Smith at 10.4. And uh, I'll, I guess I'll cut off the top tier there, but uh, there's a very definitive top tier this week. What are you looking at?
1: Yeah, I mean it's already something to think about right away because the the DraftKings prices do not go completely lockstep with the starting position. For instance, John Rahm is ten thousand nine hundred dollars. He's what the one, two, like fifth guy on the board, but he's starting seven shots behind Scotty Scheffler and behind 10 other guys, you know, and that's because, well, Rom was the low 72 last year and Rom really starting to show late in the season that he's returning to being John Rom. He was, he was right in the mix on the fringe of being in the mix last week and was a great putter. Two of the three years that the tour has run this staggered start format, the 10 under guy won the last two years. The first year, Rory McElroy was way back at five under, and yet he won the tournament. He had the low 72. He was the champion of, of the FedEx Cup. It was uh, it was so, you know, that was sort of a perfect ending for the tour where there was without any controversy that the low 72 was also the tournament winner. But that wasn't the case last year. But I still think at 13.6, Scotty Scheffler has value At 10 under par. We did see that the last two years, Dustin Johnson, 2020, Patrick Cantley, 2021, started at 10 under, didn't win the tournament in in low 72, but got that 30-point bonus. And that 30 points is a lot. That will decide games in DraftKings. So I do like Scotty Scheffler. I do like John Rahm, even though he is starting so far back. He is really playing well. And, you know, it gives me pause because scrambling is a big part of this week. He's still not scrambling well, putting much better. And Xander Shopley is another guy that that you mentioned that I like. He's 12-3, third guy on the board. Nobody plays this course better than him.
0: Okay, so I'm going to preface this, Len, by saying that it might be my least favorite DFS week of the entire year. And so I know there's a lot of talk in the news right now about how the PGA Tour might have more exclusive events for the elite players smaller fields no cut sort of like we have this week to me that's not nearly as much fun as having 156 players having a cut after two days trying to get six out of six through in a lineup so that's my first point my second point is i think you need to be different if you take the same players as everybody else is taking if you look at ownership percentages and say hey well I like Scotty Scheffler. I know everyone else does, but I'm going to take him anyway. I just don't think there's a, a great chance of winning, especially in tournament contests this week. So even though I like Scheffler, I like Cantley coming off a win. I like Xander, who plays well here every year, as you mentioned, never finished worse than seventh in this event. I'm looking at Ramen Rory as my two plays of guys that I really like, just sort of a little bit further back, big names, trending in the right direction. And then the other two guys I look at, just if I want to get different, are Will Zalatoris, who was hurt this past weekend, withdrew with a back injury, every reason to believe he'll be healthier this week. He comes in third in the scoring uh, on the leaderboard. And so I look at that saying maybe scared off enough people where they stay away from Zalatoris this week. And same thing with Cam Smith, who took last week off with a hip injury, maybe just trying to avoid certain things in Wilmington <laughs> last week. But the fact that Cam Smith, had a week off, it almost makes me like him more at a time of the year where everyone's tired, everyone's a little burnt out, everyone's worn down. The fact that these guys had a little extra time to relax and get healthy, I I almost think that helps a little bit. And and a week when you've got to be different, go all the way different, and I don't mind trying to get some differences with those guys there. Let's get to this mid-tier. Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, all really good players right there. Sung J.M., I'll keep it going with Cam Young, Matt Fitzpatrick, Victor Hovland, Joaquin Neiman, Hideki Matsuyama, and Corey Connors uh, takes us down to 8,000 from that range. Who do you like? Who do you not like? I'd like to ask you one question. Since you're on site, I want to ask you about Cameron
1: Smith. And I mean, it. everybody knows. Everybody knows. And what is going to be the reaction? What is it if you've seen Has they been cold shoulders, have there been warm greetings and will this, could this affect him on the
0: course with his, with his fellow competitors? So it's still Monday afternoon right now. We're speaking about a little before four thirty Eastern time on Monday afternoon. It's rained for most of the afternoon. They blew the horn about two hours ago. And so if there are any players left here, I haven't seen them in a while, but uh, I know Cameron Smith, I can tell you, one thing, and one thing only, first of all, is that he was dressed to play golf today. There were only, of the eight, nine, ten players that I saw on site, only three of them showed up looking like they were ready to play golf. Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler, and Cameron Smith. I saw Sahith Vigala. I saw Sepp Straka. Those guys, t-shirts, gym shorts, varying degrees of not really ready to play golf. and Maybe they just went into the locker room and changed. Maybe that was just their travel gear, but... Uh, at least smith was dressed to go play golf which i guess is a good sign secondly if you know and i know and everyone knows and people listening know i guarantee all the other players know what's going on with cam smith look at this point i just don't think it's going to be that big of a deal i don't think it's going to impact how he plays i don't think it's going to impact the reaction he gets maybe some folks here in atlanta outside the ropes give him a little more grief than he ordinarily would have gotten but usually this isn't one where uh this isn't the type of event where there's too much heckling going on or anything like that so i I just don't think it's going to impact things very much
1: well in that in that case and thank thank you for the answer in that case i you know i i would think cam smith would be a good play he has not played especially well here in the few times he's played here before but one of the things we've seen through the years and, and to get into a mini course description Accuracy off the tee matters more than distance. Sure, distance would help, but you've got to get the ball in the fairway at East Lake. And then you know it's really a second shot golf course, and the greens are hard to hit, even though they're kind of big because they tend to be more long and narrow than wide. It probably doesn't suit the golfer's eye like a lot of weeks. And so, greens in regulation tend to be a little bit lower. Greens are missed. What happens then? Scrambling. Okay, Cam Smith, bingo, right there. So if that's the case, you know, and, and I do think he he has shown to be mentally tough and really determined to try and do well or at least go out on a high note. So I do think that he can he can block out a lot of things and, and play pretty well. So I do like him. There aren't a lot of guys in this middle, middleness, uh, and I'm not even sure what the middle is because we're talking about 400, 300, or DraftKings prices, but Justin Thomas at 9,400, Tends to do well here. He's never finished worse than ninth, I think. He's had top fives three of the past five years. And again, these are low 72 scores I'm talking about, because that's largely what we're going to be playing for most of the time this week in DraftKings. And, You know, that's pretty much it for the nines for me. And in the eights, there's not a lot I like. Maybe Matt Fitzpatrick, but Hoblin with scrambling and Neiman hasn't played well here. And Matsuyama has been sort of dicey here.
0: Uh, Not a lot there I like. Yeah, so I'm going to go just to the very top of this tier at 9900 Uh Bermuda Burns, we're back on Bermuda Greens mm. this week, and Sam Burns tend to, tends to do his best work there. I, I could certainly see him having a big week this week and maybe even taking the FedEx Cup title. So I do like him at that price. And then at the very bottom of that tier where we arbitrarily cut it off at 8000 Corey Connors playing some really nice golf right now ball striker. I could see him having a good week. And then I'm going to throw out one more name in the same vein as Wills Alatoris and Cameron Smith. We have absolutely no idea what to expect from Hideki Matsuyama these days on a week-in, week-out basis. There is certainly a high risk involved in taking him. He had a neck injury, withdrew from the FedEx St. Jude Championship a few weeks ago, uh, played average last week in the BMW. But He's played well here before, and so if you're looking for a guy that maybe people stay away from, maybe the ownership percentage is low, again, you don't have that many players to choose from. Maybe you throw Hideki in a few lineups just to get a little bit different. All right, we're going to look at the quote-unquote lower tier. I don't think I've ever looked at a lower tier that starts Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Max Homa before, but we're going (laughs) from them all the way down to 5000 in pricing, so this is where you're going to win it or lose it this week. Who do you like from this range?
1: Yeah, and you mentioned Colin Morikawa, and he was pretty darn good. He was great for three days. Uh, he, Uh, You know, last week he was in the third to last pairing on Sunday. And, yeah, we all know he had that 10. He blew up with that 10. He wasn't having a good day before that. He had lost about four or five strokes to par before that. So something was going on. Maybe he only had a, I don't know, a 72-hour window on his fade, and then the uh, – the magic genie took it back or something. I, I, you know, i have never, i have never really heard of a guy with the iron yips before and where they come and they go like that, but this, this is something new to me, but maybe I'm not close enough to golf. All of that said, I am going to go one final time with Colin Murakawa and focus on the first three days. And, and I don't know why I keep having visions of Lucy yanking away the football at the last possible (laughs) second. She, she can't possibly do it again when we pick Colin Murakawa, but I do like Colin Murakawa and going down the board, Billy Horschel at $6,900. He's played here very well. We all remember 2014 when he won, but he's had some other good years here. He doesn't make it every year, but he was runner up one year. He's been seventh twice, including last year. Obviously something really good about Billy Horschel. And Eastlake Sahit takala 6,700. I mean, I was so impressed with him last week that he was in under such pressure and he had to make such big-time putts to get here. Just an incredible performance. It's almost like I don't want to say like a weight will be lifted from his shoulders and things will be easier this week, but I do like him. And if we're gonna play two top guys, you mentioned Rom and McElroy, well, that's twenty-two thousand dollars there, roughly right there. We're going to have to dip into the fives. I'm sort of looking at Brian Harmon at 5,700. You know, this course, accuracy, not so much length. Putting will be important. The greens are tricky. I like him, and especially putting, JT Post in $5,100. It's worth a flyer. I mean, how low can he finish? And if he gets hot with the putter, 5,100 is an absolute steal.
0: I think I've got all the same guys listed as you for this uh, lower tier, which is amazing. Uh, Colin Morikawa right off the good. top. Yeah, I know. We're, <laughs> we're both going down in flames here. But Colin Morikawa, I've been on him the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to jump off now. I do think the ball striking has been better. He, he looks and feels a little more confident, even though the final round uh, in Delaware was not great. Uh, I'll throw Max Homa in there. I know you didn't mention him, but I do think Homa's a nice play at 7,500. And then, same as you mentioned, Billy Horschel, 6,900, has a really good record here, tends to move up the leaderboard every single year. Brian Harmon 5,700 back on Bermuda Greens. And JT Poston, I think, is a really nice play this week. Uh, he is maybe, other than the rookies, the guy that you might have least thought would make it to Eastlake starting back in September when the season started, what, 11 months ago? And uh, looking at Poston now, he said, well, He's got exactly what we're looking for, which is the house money, playing with nothing to lose. I, I guess a lot of players kind of feel that way this week, but this is where we tend to target Poston in the Southeast on Bermuda Greens. And so I do like him and I love that number. 5,100 sort of opens up the lineup to spend up and get some guys that you really want this week. So, all right, let's get into it. I Like I said, it's not my favorite week for making DFS lineups, but we're going to do it here on the pod anyway, Len.
1: Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away.
0: We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you.
1: So let's get drafting.
0: Uh,
1: Where do you want to start it off? Really tricky where to start. Uh, You know, uh, it'd be easy to go to Xander, but uh, let's put Xander off on the side. I, I don't know, maybe just under the... The knowledge that he is, you know, does play this course well all the time and, and he will be highly owned. And you talked earlier about looking for a differential. Obviously, with a 30 man field, very hard to find differential. I kind of think that John Rahm with a high price and three under starting so far back will scare people off and might be able to find value there the thing that concerns me about him is the scrambling his putting returned last week he was putting great but he did not scramble last week it wasn't really a scrambling course um this week he will have to scramble better last year when he finished tied at the low 72 with former pga tour golfer kevin Na. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, cheap shot. He was second in the field in strokes gained around the green, or first and second in scrambling. Either first and second, one one and back back and forth with those two. So he was really on his short game last week. But let's go, John Rom,
0: 10-9. I like that a lot. I'm I'm all over Rom this week. I'm gonna go down to the other end of the board. And what I'm looking at here is let's see, eight events ago. This might not make a whole lot of sense, but eight events ago, Brian Harman finished in 18th place at the Memorial Tournament pretty good right six events ago he was eighth place at the travelers four events ago he was sixth at the open championship and two events ago he finished in third at the FedEx St. Jude championship what I'm getting at is every other start has been really good for Brian Harmon and it's been getting better it's been trending in the right direction I don't think he can finish first from where he started and starting this week but I do think this is a really good course for him and I do think that Just based on that trend, that pattern, uh, he should play some really good golf in that every other week trend that he's uh, been showing off recently. And another Southeast guy. Uh, All right, let's
1: cat out of the bag or whatever. I don't even know what I want to say there, but (laughs) Colin Murakawa, 7,900. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised in the one under tier. You know, one of the things I like to do is look in each tier of the two unders, the one unders, whatever they are, and see if I can find value within there. Well, certainly Brian Harmon in that one under tier at 5,700 looks great. We've talked about Mark Howell, we talked about Billy Horschel. but I don't see Corey Connors at 8,000 being great value there. He's not performed well at this course in the past. So I like Colin Morikawa a lot better, uh, cheaper than Corey Connors, and cheaper than a lot of guys, Victor Hoblin, Joaquin Neiman, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, really with only a one or two stroke difference, which could be gone by the front nine on Thursday. Colin Morikawa, 7,900, one final time. Charlie
0: Brown, kicked a darn football. This time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon. Oh! Yeah, I like that. I'll spend some money with this pick. It might keep us from getting another high-priced player. But as I mentioned, it, it's been a great year for Sam Burns. Look, I at the beginning of the year, sort of put Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns in the same boat. I get it. Scotty Scheffler sort of sailed off in that boat a lot quicker than Sam Burns did. But I think they're closer in sort of talent level, in future, in what they're going to reap over the next five or ten years than it seems right now. Sam Burns on Bermuda greens again, maybe a little something to prove to his buddy at 9900. I think is a really nice play. We've got fifteen six left to spend 7800 per player and feel free to spend something. I can go low.
1: I'm going to give you the, the chance to really put the, I don't know the cherry on top or add the final victorious golfer that will rake in all our cash and we will retire from this podcast. Mm. And we both like JT and for the reasons mentioned earlier. He's just a low price. The question with JT Post and a few of the other guys for me is how starstruck are they going to be this week? When they walk around and they see there's hardly anyone there, but they're there, you know, and everywhere you turn is Rory or Rahm or Scheffler. And you're going to see every superstar in the game just about this week. If he can just sort of get his nerves under control. He's not a rookie. So, Been around a few years. Maybe he can handle that a little bit better. And the putting, like we talked about, can really just cure a lot of things on a golf course, 5,100.
0: I like that play a lot. I'm going to have a lot of posts in this week. All right, Len, I'm going to make a statement here. And the statement I'm going to make might sound a little exaggerated, but I think we need to follow this, especially in GPPs this week on DFS. We have 10,500 left to spend. We could just spend an, almost all of it, leave 100 on the table, and get Cam Smith, who I mentioned earlier uh, might be a nice play just based on ownership percentages and people being scared off of that hip injury and the rumors and everything else surrounding Cam Smith right now. We go 9,600, spend a lot of it, and go with Tony Finau, who certainly uh, has been playing well. Had a poor first round last week and then came back with three rounds in the 60s and finished pretty well. Justin Thomas at 9,400. Look, Justin Thomas, one of the best players in the world. Why would you not? want him i can go with any of those players i'm gonna go down and just on a lark i'm gonna take billy horschel at 6900 now i get that you know if it's straight hey cash game who do you like better you're going against me you know head to head who do you want in your lineup justin thomas who starts at what four or five under i don't have it in front of me right now or billy horschel i believe starts at even or one under you know of course i want justin thomas but this is more of a GPP type of lineup. I can take Billy Horschel, leave 3600 on the table, and have what I think should be more of a unique lineup than something that's going to be, be out there with, uh, with, with a lot of other, uh, be repeated by a lot of other uh, owners out there in DFS. And so I, I just like the idea of leaving a lot of money on the table and trying to get different this week. And so, um, again, this might be a little exaggerated example, but I think, Throwing in a Billy Horschel over a Cam Smith or a Feenow or a JT might be an interesting play this week.
1: Yeah, and and to to your point, there's only two shots difference. Justin Thomas three under to start, Billy Horschel one under to start. That could be gone in the first hole, as we know. Twenty five hundred dollar difference. That is huge. Be, you know, despite the thirteen thousand prices all the way up at the top, we're still limited to. and Billy Horschel has played this course almost as well as Justin Thomas over the past number of years, not quite, but good enough. And to be able, now we're not spending 2,500 somewhere else because we're done. But if someone else is considering that at the top of their first and second picks, then they have may have a 2,500 to spend somewhere else later on.
0: There's the lineup Burns, Harmon, Horschel, Morikawa, Hostin, Rahm, leaving 3,600 on the table. I know that sounds crazy. We'd never do it in a full field event, but you're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to be different this week. If you want to win a big contest, why not take a shot like that? So that's our lineup for this week thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the links and locks podcast remember you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast download subscribe rate and listen every single week we'll be back in a few weeks we got a few weeks off after this it's the season finale tour championship for len hockberg i'm jason sobel good luck with all your tour championship lineups this week here's hoping you guys hit the green